Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous! This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible murder! What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for Round 19 of the NRL. So that was the uh, final big buy round for Supercoaches. Been an interesting round uh, with oh, there's a few pods out there given... Supercoach has a chance to make up some ground, but, I mean, they're sort of an unlikely bunch that went 100-plus this week. So you had some unheralded players like Mika Ravalawa, Talatau Moan, Zach Lomax is a bit of an interesting one, Matt Timakor, Luke Metcalf, Mitch Barnett, Blake Taff, Blake Wilson, and Matt Burnett, uh, sorry, Matt Burton, all scoring over 100 in Supercoach. So if you were good enough to have one of those guys for this week, then you've probably done pretty well over this buy round. But, I mean, given what they've done before, they're not necessarily easy pickups, uh, you know, their past form. And, and then maybe even if they did have this good round, like are they good pickups moving forward? That's that's the thing that you've got to consider. So so often super coaches, we look at these big scores getting put up on the board and we're like, oh, you know, we've missed out. Oh, I wish I had that person. I wish I had that person. But you've got to put it into perspective. And a lot of those players aren't long-term holds. I don't know if any of them are actually um, of all those players that went over 100. There was a couple of others that are holds like Nico that went over 100. But certainly in terms of those 10 that I reeled off, uh, you know, they're, they're more sort of flash in the pan, weaker opposition and uh, just had a field day. So, yeah, that's just an important thing to remember for those people that haven't played that much Supercoaches. Just not get too carried away in these buy rounds when you see these sort of obscure players. If they don't have a lot of relevance to Supercoach and they're not high-owned, then they're really not going to have that much um, effect on overall positions. 
So let's have a look at the round that was Thursday night. The Sharks, 36 points to 12 winners over the Tigers. Well, I think the Sharks are around about third or fourth on the ladder, but they have to be the most unimpressive top four side I've seen for a long time. Uh, Every time I see them play, I just become more and more convinced that they can't win the comp. And that sounds really harsh, and there'd probably be some people out there who go, well, remember your comments earlier in the year about the Cowboys, and I probably was wrong about the Cowboys because they've come good. But I just can't see. There's just something I can't pinpoint about the Sharks. I think it's probably their game style and attack. I just don't know if it really stands up, but it remains to be seen. They're going to put themselves in a position most likely, depending on how they go on the home stretch. I think they've got a couple of tough games coming up to finish the season, but they're most likely going to finish in the top eight. And, I mean, I guess we'll see uh, whether they're a top four side with their run coming up. So, um, yeah, look, I think their forwards are pretty rock solid across the field. and, you know, if you have a look at their back, pack five, they're pretty good as well. But I'm just unconvinced that they're going to be a side that's going to compete at the business end of the year. So we'll see. We'll wait and see. Hopefully for Sharks fans, I'm wrong. The Tigers, well, they're just basically a case study in the importance of spine players in the NRL. So, you know, when you look at the highest paid players, some people may ask, like, why 179, 1769, you know, all those spine players are paid so much money. Well, have a look at the Tigers. I mean, they've basically got the bones of a good side. They can play good footy. They can compete for long periods of time, but they don't have halves that can generate any points at the moment. Some And, or, and even the dummy half, if they had Appy there, that would probably mask it a little bit and help him out because he's so creative from dummy half. Uh, but it just puts huge pressure on their defense. Like the fact that they're going down there and they're coming up with these plays and they're not converting on all the good hard work that the Fords is doing, it then puts a lot of pressure on their, their defense, which I don't think their defense is as bad as it's sort of been made out to be, but it's got so much pressure from their ineptness in attack, if that makes sense. And, yeah, it's tough to see anything changing, really, in this department. I mean, Appy will come back eventually, but I don't think they're in a hurry to get him back. So, yeah, in terms of games against the Tigers, I I thought they might have been able to get themselves up, maybe eke out a win, but, I mean, you just can't see them scoring points unless – you know, like a Brandon Wakeham or Will Smith or whoever's in the halves can really have a breakout game, but they just have shown consistently that they don't have the ability to do that. So have a look at the uh, Supercoach scores. Sean Bloor, again, he's he's definitely a black booker. Put him in the black book for 2024, 76 off the bench with that try. Great crash over try there, but... Like I said, even with the Tigers, the tries, like one was just um, nice interchange of passing between the forwards and the other one was Tommy Talao, individual brilliance. So that's not generated by the spine at all. So back to my earlier point. Uh, Johnny Bateman, 70. He'd have to be happy with that. He's getting a bit frustrated, though, keep an eye on that. I mean, I think he is probably a hold to the end of the season, but he doesn't like losing. So he might do something stupid and get himself suspended. Hopefully for owners he doesn't. Isaiah Papali, I brought him in. He just hasn't really delivered. I'm thinking he might be a bit of a sell, maybe 
I'll upgrade him to Dave Fafita when I can, I think, if I can free up that cash. So, yeah, it's just not happening for him. And, yeah, with the halves out, it's it's not happening at all. I mean, Brooks hopefully will be back at some stage, but he wasn't going that well with Brooks there either. So, yeah. Uh, with the Sharks, fairly, fairly – some – Fairly good scores there. Uh, Ramian, 78. Blake Braley, 86. Will Kennedy, 51. Bit disappointing for those people who brought in Will Kennedy. I know there's a number of people who brought him in at fullback. Britton Nicara, 88. Uh, I think I said it before and I'll say it again. I think he is a 2RF uh, must-have for the run home. I really believe that. Runs the best lines in the game. Sione Katoa, 103. As compared to Ronaldo Mortalo, who I brought in, he got 19. So sometimes that happens. You know, with wingers, you're just going to get – they go to one side and don't go to the other. So you just got to cop that on the chin. See for Talakai, 103. And Nico Hines, as always, delivering for super coaches, 109. Would have been a VC or a captain for most people. So that took a lot of variables out of the week. Okay, moving forward to the Friday night game, the Canberra Raiders – 36 points to 26 winners over St. George Dragons. I thought Canberra looked very comfortable, to be honest, for about 60 minutes. And then, yeah, they did well to avoid what would have been a last-minute, 20-minute choke job uh, when the Saints rallied with Zach Lomax going to fullback. That was a big change. It was was, um, Turpul Turner came in, and he was going okay. I mean... He wasn't playing out of his skin, but he got injured or HIA. I can't remember which one. But, yeah, when he went off and Zach Lomax went to fullback, it really ignited the St. George attack. And it sort of took me back to a few years ago when McGregor was coaching there. It might have been three or four years ago when they they re-signed Zach Lomax and they were really looking at to putting him into a, a key position because he's always been a centre. But they put him to fullback and they stuck with him for about four or five or six weeks at the start of the season, and he was absolutely horrendous. Like, he was terrible. But I wonder whether, like, now maybe he's matured and it's worth for this last part of the season having a bit of a roll of a dice and throwing him back to fullback because in that little snippet, he was very involved. He was getting in there and he was having a crack from memory that far back, and my memory's not great. I think he might have had problems under the high ball. So that would probably be the big question mark with him, but he seems to be pretty good, you know, when he's chasing down balls. So, yeah, that that could be one to watch uh, for the Saints because he could be a really left field pod as a centre wing um, on the run home. I mean, the Saints you wouldn't expect to do too much, but they do have points in them, particularly when they're at home. So if you're looking for someone that's out of the box, if they do – persist with Zach Lomax at fullback. I know it was just that was injury forced, that move, but you never know. He could come out next week the way he played and they could start with him at fullback. So keep an eye on that one. Canberra just keep getting the job done. You know, it's sort of unimpressively, but it's impressive how they consistently do it, if that makes sense. They should make the eight um, because they have – probably the best draw in the run home, one of the softest in the comp. But whether they can do anything in the semis is another story. But who knows? Once you get yourself there, you're a chance. If they can get themselves a home game at Canberra, no one's going to want to go to Canberra and play a semifinal. So 
fair play to them. They're putting together the wins. That their forward pack's rock solid. Whenever you play Canberra, you know you're going to come away uh, bruised and battered. That's for sure because they really mix it up with the best of them. Okay, some of these scores: Mika Ravalawa, 145 with the uh, treble. Zach Lomax, 138. Oh, is he the pod? Could he be a pod center wing? I mean, I don't want to get carried away on a one-week, 20-minute sample size, but if he's named at fullback, I'm going to consider it. I'm going to consider it. Uh, Talatella Moan, 111. Looked really good. Looking to run a lot. Billy Burns, I thought, was probably close to one of the best players on the field, which surprises me to say. I haven't seen too much of him play, but, yeah, he got an 86. He's... Priced, he was priced at 294k, so it sort of piqued my interest enough for me to have a look at him. And then he's probably going to rise maybe about the 50 or 60k, so he'd be around 350k. So if you are doing some trading and you're looking for a player to fit into that 2RF that you might not necessarily play every week, but you could play and he could get, you know, 45 to 70 for you, possibly. Um, if he keeps his spot on the edge, then yeah, Billy Burns could be an option based on what he did on the weekend. I, I think he'll be he'll be keeping his spot in the back row. Uh, Matt Timicor, one hundred and twenty-two. I don't know how anyone could pick that because you look at his last six scores: thirty-two, twenty-eight, forty-one, thirty-six, fifty-five, and forty-three. So if you had Matt Timicor for that game, and he looked like an absolute world beater. Well done to you, but I'm just not sure that he's going to continue that run of scoring. Uh, Joey Tappany, very happy as an owner, 94. Been waiting for him to get that try, and it was just a typical Joey Tappany try across the field, palming people off, plenty of tackle breaks, went through and put it down. Elliot Whitehead, 79, not overly super coach relevant, and I know some people, I think the spy was getting really keen on Hudson Young, 45. So not a great return there, but um, he is a bit of a pod for the run home. Now, team, if you are struggling to control yourself uh, on the pun of a weekend, you're out there, you're having a few bets on the footy, as a lot of people do, or on the races or whatever sport, uh, there is free and confidential help available from Seekal. Uh, that's C-E-C-A-L. So you can get in contact with Gareth and his team at Sequel. You can email Gareth, uh, gareth.w at cecal.org.au, or you can give Gareth a call on 029559-4013, or you can visit the website www.sequel.org.au. Okay, on to Saturday night, the early game, probably the match of the round in terms of matchups, but the Warriors just turned it on for 46 points to 10, win over the Parramatta Eels. If you were someone who didn't catch the game and you just come and saw that score, you'd probably think the Warriors played out of their skin, but I think they had six or seven errors in the first 20 minutes. So the Warriors were probably overplaying a fair bit in the first part of the game, but when they got it right, they just put on a, just three converted tries. Uh, I think it was four converted tries, actually, in maybe the last 10 or 15 minutes of the first half and just put on an absolute show. So, uh, and, they, and they probably showed that 
on paper they they were the superior side on the night. The Eels really missed their spine. Uh, Moses uh, Gutho, obviously, uh, Regan Cameron Gillard was out also. But you know, like that—that's the price you pay. They've got Dylan Brown, who's still suspended, so he'll be a big in for him. That's the price you pay for having Origin players. But hopefully, that pays off in the back end of the season. You find that with the sides, particularly the Broncos and sides like that. Well, not last year with the Bronx, but hopefully they come back and they're rejuvenated after the rep season, and you know they're really playing some good footy going into the finals. If they can come out of that Origin series uninjured. Uh, coming up, it's a huge two weeks for the Warriors. So they go home and play two games against, well, I guess top eight, fellow top eight contenders, the Sharks and the Canberra Raiders. So, I mean, they're two games that if they win both of them, they could make a push for probably the top four. If they lose both of them, they could be a chance of missing the top eight. So it's, in, in that respect, they really need to cash in at home. They've dropped game to the Roosters and South Sydney at home, uh, both of them in the wet. So they'll be hoping for probably a dry track so they can show show their best footy. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the scores. Jermaine Hopgood, 64. Uh, yeah, just, just an absolute 2RF keeper in my opinion. Uh, if he's not in your side, he should be in your side for the run home. He's one of the three players that I think are absolute must. I'll talk about them a li- little bit later for the 2RF position. Sean Lane, 64, could be a pod for the run home. Uh, for the Warriors, Mitchie Barnett, 126. Uh, is he a pod for the run home? I don't know. There's a fair bit going on there in the Warriors' second row. You've got Nia Cora coming back from suspension. You've got Curran coming back from suspension. So I would proceed with caution there. Luke Metcalf, 112. That was probably a breakout game for him. I think those people that have followed his career know that he's got a great running game, but he really backed himself and he's putting some pressure on Webster to keep him in the side when uh, Tomate Martin comes back. He, he couldn't be too far off. Tohu, 94, so he matched Joey Taps in the front row there. Just dominant in the middle. Nice try assist there to Dylan Walker from short passing. Jackson Ford delivered again. He just seems to keep producing, 77. Uh, SJ, 75, so there was a lot of conjecture about um, Sean Johnson's... Uh, Wife having a baby, but thankfully for owners that held off and 75 is a great score. The big question with SJ, and I mean, SJ, Jerome Hughes, Mitch Moses, I think, you know, most people have them as their second halfback is, are you going to go straight to Cleary if he's named in the round 20 team? That's probably a huge question that owners have to consider. And do you have the money available to go to him or do you just wait a week and have a look? Uh, it might be draw dependent. Just have to wait and see. Chance Nickel Clocksad, 61. That's solid. Adam for Noah Blake, 56. I mean, if you watch the game, he was way better than that. That score in Supercoach, in real NRL, he was just unbelievable. He's late footwork at the line. He just, you just cannot go one out at him. And he just sort of finds a player and beats him with unbelievable footwork, which is crazy to watch for a player of his size. So, yeah, good win for the Warriors and uh, looking forward to see how they go over the next two weeks as a Warriors supporter.
Okay, the late night game, the Bulldogs taking on South. Jeez, this was a high score, 68 points in the whole game, 36 points to 32. The Bulldogs got home after a late rally from South Sydney. Um, yeah, these high-scoring affairs, I mean, you're going to get a few super coach sport, uh, points out of them. South were basically decimated by Origin Outs. Um, the Bulldogs were playing playing for pride, I guess, after the shellacking from the Knights last week, and they really showed up, and that that's to be expected. I mean, NRL teams, you don't expect them to sort of put two performances in like that in a row. Um, I, I thought Wes sort of picked themselves up as well for a large period of the game, but they just lacked that class. So uh, there wasn't a lot of super coach relevance in the game, I guess. Um Tyrone Munro, a lot of people brought him in as a cheapie uh, that would maybe nuff out if Richie Kinnar or Tane Milne comes back into that winger position or possibly he could be keeper for, you know, to play as a fifth or sixth centre wing for the run home. And he got 90 with two tries, so he looks pretty good. Like, to the eye, he looks like a pretty good player, Tyrone Munro. Another uh, popular nuff was Ben Lovett, uh, 33. He'll nuff out from here, so that's a handy 33 points. And I don't think he'll see any more game time for the rest of the year, so he won't be a problem. Uh, Alex Johnson, 21. Well, as soon as Cody Walker got selected, that really hurt his chances of, uh, you know, his stocks went down then because Cody Walker creates so much of that and, you know, even direct try assists to him, but also sometimes indirect when he creates a space on the inside and then the fullback passes it. So uh, Richie Kinnar, I know a lot of people had him. Timmy had him. He's hoping he'd get called in late. So that was a good handy move there for the team changes, 40 points. For the Bulldogs, like I said, there's not anything overly relevant. You had Blake Wilson, 112, Matty Burton, 110. I don't think you can consider Burton uh, with that position. Jake Avarillo, 85. Is he a different proposition of fullback? I mean, he looked a lot better, but they were playing basically a reserve-grade South Sydney side, uh, well, half, half NRL, half reserve-grade. So uh, Reed Marnie, 83. If you still had him, that's a great score. Toby Sexton, 70 in his first game. He's at halfback. He's not really relevant because, you know, you're looking at Nico and Cleary and if it's not them, then it's going to be DCE, it's going to be SJ, it's going to be Jerome Hughes. Uh, Karaz, nice 70, and Jacob Preston. I think a lot of people probably still have him. He punched out a solid 50. Uh, And just coming off the game, we just watched then the Dolphins getting home. Pretty controversial penalty. I guess it wasn't really controversial. Aaron Clark sort of ran out. He was three or four metres offside, but pretty gutsy by the referee to give that penalty. And, yeah, fair play to him. 23 points to 21. Bit of a heartbreaker there for the Gold Coast. There wasn't too many Supercoach relevant players. From the Titans um, with Tino and uh, Dave Fafita out for Origin, and then you also had Brimson out as well. So... Uh, from the uh, – sorry, that was for the Titans, yeah. And from the Dolphins, you had Connolly Lemuelu. I mean, if you still got him like me, it's only because you haven't been able to get him out of your side. But scored a try, 63 before updates, not bad. Um, and Jermaine Asako, now 54. Now, this is the last time I looked at him, so I didn't look at him 
that he'd probably be a bit more than that because they played overtime. Um, and Valence Tavare was around 38 or 40. Uh, so I had a quick look before full time, I think it was. And so they may have got a fair few points from the golden point period. Okay, on to a few questions for the week. Uh, the Spy and Desi Creek have sent through a few questions. So the first one's from Desi. Uh, my question is whether Ponga or Cleary is the bigger priority. And then he says, rank for feeder, Cleary and Ponga in terms of priority if you have the cash for any of them. Okay, so if you've got the cash there, Desi, I would say that the number one priority for me would be, uh, I would probably say Dave for feeder. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to say because I've got Ponga in my side, but I would say Dave for feeder and and then Cleary and Ponga probably tied. But I mean, you're gonna you're probably gonna find that most teams have at least one of those in their side. Um, there might be some teams that don't have any. Um, if you didn't have any, then you probably need to be looking to get all three into your side as um, as a priority anyway. Okay, question from the SC spot. I don't know if I really answered that one. Sorry, Desi. Do we reckon Tavare holds his spot uh, given his inability to pass mainly? So, and if he does hold his spot, does Zarko remain as valuable? And then the spy goes on to say that, you know, if he's a sell and you have trades, you could go Zarko to Murray and that nets you 200K-ish. So, just following on from what you're saying there, the SC spy, he's a deep thinker of, of Supercoach. I, I, I like what you're thinking. I mean, you know, looking to get Cam Murray into your side, he's definitely a player for the run home that could go on a tear. We've seen him do it before. I don't think Azarko is really going to hurt you. I think now is probably the time to cash in. Um, I know during you asking those questions, Desi was in the chat and he thinks it's madness to sell Osako. So that's a different point of view. But my point of view is from a centre wing, um, and I'm going to go through it a little bit here, just looking at the players that you want to have close to the team you want to have for the run home. I don't have Osako down as one of the centre wings, and I don't want to sleep on him because he's had a good year, but I feel like the Dolphins are really nowhere near their best. So... Yep, that's my opinion. I think um, Osako is definitely a sell, regardless of whether Tavare holds his spot or Branko Lee comes back in. I think that'll just be whether Wayne Bennett feels like to should I get more games into Tavare or would I be better off sort of he's had enough of a stint up in A grade, give him a bit of a break, send him back to Q Cup. Um, yeah, I, I tend to think he's probably going to keep him there, even though, yeah, they have been scoring a few tries on him. Herbie Farmworth got two tries on him last week and, and Brian Kelly scored a try on him again. But I think he's, you know, the, the, they're playing with house money to a certain extent, the Dolphins, because no one expected him to be this high up. So I think, um, yeah, he's got nothing to lose by leaving Valence Tabari out there. He's well liked by the crowd, so there's not going to be heat coming from the supporters to drop him. Okay, now with the short week, uh, before we finish up this week, I thought I'd have a look at the run home and the positional breakdown just for people who are considering which players to have in their side and 
Um, we're interested in my thoughts on it. So I'm just going to have a quick breakdown, looking through the positions, who's the must-haves, who are the options, maybe some pods, maybe some super pods in there as well. So uh, with the hookers, I think that, um, yeah, it's Harry Grant. Harry Grant is a must-have. You must have him. And uh, some of the other options for like your second hooker is probably Damian Cook, Reese Robson, Wade Egan, Blake Braley maybe, maybe Marnie if there's a Bulldog resurgence. I don't like it. It's it's probably doubtful. I think your super pod to keep an eye on is Saliba Habili. Uh, I believe he's a dual position player. He's priced at around 450K. And, um, you know, he's been out of, out, out of the mix for a while because of positional play, but he's a good player. And um, he can post some decent super coach scores. So, yeah, just keep him in the back of your mind, Harvey for the Rabbitohs. Okay, looking at the front row forwards, I think you're two blue chip front row forwards that you probably want to have both of them and you need to have both of them, I think. It might be a bit hard money-wise, is Tino and Payne Haas. I don't have Tino currently, but I do have Haas. And then your next level down, you've got AFB, you've got Tohu, you've got Joey Tarpanay, and you've got Horsburgh. So out of those six, if you've got if you're playing three out of those six every week, I think, you know, you're doing pretty well. Actually it's not three, is it? Is do they play Yeah, sorry. So they play two. You you have to play two front row forwards every week. So if you've got two out of those six and and maybe you know, if you have got three out of those six, it has been a pretty high scoring position, unlike other years. So I think out of those six, if you've got three, that'd be good. If you're looking for a pod, a point of difference in that position, I do believe it is Nelson Asova Solomona. He's over 500k, I think, but he but playing on the edge for the Storm, if they maintain that and he continues to play on the edge, he's your pod in the front row forward position. Two RFs, I've been pretty clear on this previously, and I'm going to stick with this. I think the three locks that you need to have to be playing every week from round 20 onwards, you know, barring injury um, and illness in the origin, is Dave Fafita, Jermaine Hopgood, and Britton Nicara. They're the three that I'm looking to get to play for the back end of the season because I think they're clearly the three standouts at center, uh, at second row forward. Some of the other options you've got is Keon Kalamatangi, Bateman, uh, Ryan Madison. I think Jeremiah Nanai is a decent shout if you want to go for those upside players. He's probably he came back a little bit cold and he's starting. He can go on a tear. Jackson Ford solid. I mean, he'd be hard to sell if you still had him. And I think the three pods that I'd be looking at, and there have been marquee players in the past but not as much this year for different reasons, you know, injuries and and whatnot. Uh, Sean Lane, Liam Martin, and Cam Murray. So if you are looking for those point of difference players, those are the three to look at. Halfback position, well, is it just Nico Hines and Cleary? Is it as easy as that? I think Nico Hines, yes, definitely. You have to lock that in. Even though they may come into a bit of a tougher draw, I believe. I haven't done my draw analysis as well as the SC Spy, but that may come into calculations. But I think Hines is just a, such a natural super coach scorer. It'd be tough. It'd be a real anti pod move just to 
leave him out. Um, Cleary, what's he going to come back? Well, I think he'll come back fine. But if it's not Cleary, I think you got Moses, you got SJ, you got DCE, and you got Jerome Hughes. So they're your alternative options. But I think in general, it'll be a pretty vanilla play in Nico Hines and Cleary for the run home. 5'8". I'm going to say Kalen Ponga is a must-have at 5'8". And I, I really believe that. I think he's goal-kicking and he's in form. And I don't want to get too carried away with what they did to the Bulldogs, but I think the Knights can have some success. Uh, they'll, they'll get a lot out of that win. And I'm not saying they're going to make the eight, but I think they're going to be competitive and everything good they do will come off Ponga. For your second 5'8 option, I mean, you've got Cody Walker, you've got Munster, Dearden, who's a bit of a pod. I mean, Dylan Brown, when he's back, do you consider him? And then super pod is probably Luke Metcalf. He's a huge risk-reward player. Whether he's going to hold his position when Tamaro Martin comes back, I mean, but playing like he did on Saturday, I, I think there'd be no doubt he'd hold his position, but he's probably not going to do that to every team because the um, Parramatta Eels were well under strength. But, yeah, he's a consideration. Center wings, this is probably the biggest variable position for the run home for Supercoach. So if you want to make those point of difference plays, I think in the center wing is where you're going to find it. And center wing is a lot of draw dependency. So it's about doing your research, getting in there and having a look. But I think the marquee players are Val Holmes, Greg Marzu, Ruben Garrick and Joey Manu. So if you have three, at least two of those players, but if you have three or four of them, they're going to serve you very well over the run home. Of course, we only got a limited amount of money that we can have, so it's very unlikely that you're going to have all these players that I've said um, and also have those four. I know myself, I've got Marzu and Garrick, but I don't have Val Holmes and I don't have Joey Manu, so something's got to give. And then, you know, some of the other players you can consider, there, there is a plethora of them, but you've got Azako, you've got Isaac Tungo, you've got Brian Toto, Charles Nickel, Clockstag, Campbell Graham, Rami and Talakai, Meany, and my super, super pod, if he gets named at fullback, possibly, and you believe that St. George can go okay to finish the year, Zach Lomax. Okay, fullback, I think I said this last week as well, but I'm going to reiterate it. I think out of the three of Gutho, Drinky, and Ponga, I think they're the th- Two of those three you want to end the season out with. Personally, I'm just going to stick with all three. I'm going to have Gutho and Drinky at fullback, and I'm going to go Ponga in the 5'8 position and live and die by that, I guess. So, again, it might be draw dependent, but the other, and, and it also comes down to you look at the other options. Latrell's injured. When he comes back, what's he come back like? So, you're probably going to want to have a look at that, but you sure you can finish with him 100%. Uh, Reese Walsh. Big chance you could finish with him when he comes back from suspension. Uh, and Tedesco, I mean, if the Roosters finally get hot, you know, maybe has a good third origin, comes back really full of confidence, full of beans, and, um, you know, he was playing pretty pretty well in between origins, so he's not out of the realms of possibility. But those six players, Gutho, Drinky, Ponga, Latrell, Walsh, Teddy, they're around about you need to have two of those probably at all times to finish off the season. Okay, that's it for the weekly wrap this week. I'll catch you next week.